So you fly a lot, Catherine. Has <laughs> yeah. anyone ever peed next to you? May we have your attention, please? At this time, turn up the volume on your portable electronic devices. We now request your full attention for Cross Check and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Cross Check and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Cross Check and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Catherine Shea. And I'm Judith Williams. Welcome to Crosscheck and All Call, our indispensable guide for women business travelers by women business travelers who've logged more than enough miles to know that hanging your wrinkled clothes in a hotel bathroom with a hot shower running is completely ineffective at removing wrinkles. We're sharing travel tips to take the pain out of business travel because, you know, some people aren't ready for us. And when I say us... I mean women. We're here to help you navigate an industry that just wasn't designed with us in mind. Everyone else is welcome to listen and learn, too. We're going to launch by covering some travel news that's causing us turbulence. There's been a lot of recent reporting about the level of sexual harassment that flight attendants have been subject to. A survey that was done by the Flight Attendants Union found that 68% of flight attendants had experienced sexual harassment and 35% experienced verbal sexual harassment in the past year. And there's a congressperson, I believe a congressman from Oregon, who is now proposing a bill to protect not only flight attendants, but also passengers from sexual harassment. Uh, I think this is interesting in light of the news that we also saw coming off of Frontier Airlines with that guy who checked out the boobs of the woman sitting to his left, actually touched the woman to his right multiple times, at which point she stood up and started screaming obscenities about the mofo sitting next to her who kept touching her. They moved him to an empty row of seats all to himself, where he proceeded to pee into the seat back pocket. (laughs) So... You fly a lot, Catherine. Has (laughs) anyone ever peed next to you? No, I've seen a lot of, as we discussed on the last podcast, I've seen a lot of hands down pants. I had a particularly upsetting experience coming back from Tahiti, which we'll talk about on a future podcast. Someone was the master of his domain. Yeah. Uh, But I, the only pee I've seen, luckily, has been on the floor of the lavatory. And there's always pee on the floor of the lavatory. Always wear shoes. Um, I have seen flight attendants get sexually harassed. You think that is fairly common? Truthfully, I'm a little surprised that the numbers are as low as they are, right? So 67% over the course of a career, 35% in the last year. Um, I feel like I see it probably more frequently than that. Just unaware dudes like flirting really hard with flight attendants who some don't mind, some think it's fun. But others are only doing it because they feel like it's their job, which it shouldn't be anybody's job. They're not there to flirt with people. They're there for safety. They are absolutely there for safety. And in fact, the first flight attendants were nurses because they were there to calm down anxious flyers. And in addition to being nurses, they would sometimes help with the baggage and other things, which is pretty interesting because they were pretty small women. Yeah, something like they were required to be under five foot four and be 115 pounds. And plus a nurse. It was a lot. It was a lot. And it was because they wouldn't let them be pilots. Let's be clear about that. So if you should see something happen to a flight attendant or anyone else, is there a way that that you should act or something that, that one can do to help out? What do you think? 
I generally will maybe on the way to the lab, maybe say something to the flight attendant jokingly just to make sure that they are okay with it or not. And if they're not okay with it, give them some moral support. Ultimately, I think if it's egregious, it's worth it to raise it with the airline. The flight attendant might not, right? Her her job or his job is on the line. Airlines are allegedly interested in customer service, although we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the podcast. Uh, so I think raising it with, I think tweeting it is probably the way to go, tweeting it at United. Tweeting it at United. And I think this might be another opportunity to take one of those selfies. Oh yes, get out your get out your phone and use that camera. The other thing I would say is we should be teaching everybody that if somebody touches you and you don't like it, you should do exactly what that woman on Frontier Airlines did, which was to yell at the man and then stand up and start screaming her head off. Yeah, we all have the right to our own bodily integrity. So, if you see it, say something and if it happens to you, scream your head off. Hey Catherine, There's a second news item that I want us to talk about, and I think it perfectly tees up our main topic today, and that's that hotels have been changing some of their bathroom amenities, which gets me thinking a lot about what I want in a hotel. So let's talk about that. When I pick a hotel, there are three basics that I want. I want location, and when I say location, I actually like to be in walking distance of things like restaurants, Coffee. Coffee is essential in the morning. Shops, because we all know I may have a shopping problem. I also like to think a lot about safety, so I don't want to be in a sketchy neighborhood. I want to feel like there's proper security in the hotel. And then I also want it to be clean. I always peel back the sheets and look for bed bugs. It's the first thing that anyone should do when you get into a hotel room. What do you look for? So I look for the same things, but my location is a little bit different. I'm less interested in the shopping and the coffee or restaurants or whatever. Usually if I'm traveling for work, I want to be as close to the my first meeting in the morning just because I'm not a morning person and I have had ten- the tendency to oversleep. So I need to be as close as possible to where I'm going to go. Safety, I completely agree. I want not to feel like I'm going to get murdered in my bed. And cleanliness, definitely. That might actually be number one. I would rather stay at a clean hotel than next door to my meeting if we're prioritizing. I, I think I would prioritize safety, then cleanliness. and then. But I think that location has a lot to do with safety. So it's really hard for me to separate them. Now, when we're thinking about the room, what do you what do you want to have in the room? <sighs> this is a tough question because fundamentally, I just want it to be clean. But one of the things that that brought this topic up for us is that there are hotels. I just saw an article in the Wall Street Journal that said hotels are starting to move away from those tiny shampoo bottles into that bin bolted to the wall. And to me, this is a slippery slope into putting up some sort of combination shampoo and conditioner, which is just indicative of how hotels don't really take into account the needs of the women staying at their hotels. Or maybe they just assume that we're going to take up room in our liquids bags with shampoo and conditioner. I try not to do that. I have other stuff that I need to bring, especially as I get older and I need to moisturize more. Um, But I I don't love seeing combination shampoo and conditioner I also would like a television that allows me to plug in some sort of streaming stick, but that's not 
totally necessary. I really just want it to be clean, and I want their, oh, I'll tell you what else I want. I want a blow dryer that's not attached to the wall. And I want a couple of outlets next to my bed that I don't have to unplug other things from or move furniture to get to. I want a bathroom that has good lighting. I want a bathroom that has multiple plugs because sometimes I have to travel with a flat iron and other electronics that end up in the bathroom with me. I also want shower caps. I'm not all that interested in the shampoo and conditioner that the hotel provides because as a black woman, I can't use any of that stuff. And I've always had to cram my special shampoo into my liquids bag if I am going to stay at a hotel. Um, and so I want I want there to be a shower cap for me in the um, in the bathroom. And I also like I do love the soaps. So I'm really hoping that they have good product in terms of the soaps. I like taking the soaps because that's something that doesn't take up room in the liquids bag and really can save you quite a bit of money on soap. Not that soap is super expensive, but I think there was a good year period where I didn't have to buy soap because of all the soap that I had taken from the various hotel rooms that I've stayed at. I agree with you on the shower cap thing because I don't wash my hair every day. It's every other day. I feel like if I wash it every day, half of it falls out. So I travel with a suitor sleeve, a suitcase with a suitor sleeve that has clothes on hangers already. So I don't generally need to use all that many hangers in the hotel. I also find it difficult to manage the weird. They're not normal hangers, right? They have kind of a funny attachment to the to the closet rod so that people don't steal them, I guess. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely something that some hotels do, not all hotels. I find that that I I imagine people steal hangers and they're trying to avoid that. Just like when I was in the travel lodge and there was the warning about how you shouldn't steal the TV because evidently people who stay at the travel lodge not only steal hangers, they steal TVs. I mean, if you're traveling somewhere by car, it's a lot easier, right? You sneak out at four o'clock in the morning. If you're in a room that nobody can see what's going on, you slip it between a couple of suitcases and stick it in your trunk. So I get that. I, I really, it's the, all I'm really looking for is the cleanliness, um, safe location. I want the desk clerk not to mention where I'm staying in the hotel, like floor wise. Just slide that key over to me. I can figure out where I'm supposed to go from the room number if you point me in the direction of the elevators. Um, and the blow dryer that, that, is not attached to the wall, which actually I understand now why they do that because people probably walk off with those all the time as well. But man, they really, they can't get enough wattage in the blow dryer that's attached to the wall. Yeah, I seldom blow dry my hair, but back when I used to straighten my hair, I could never use the hotel blow dryers. I need 1800 watts at least. It needs to get super hot in order to really do what I need. So those things in the wall definitely are not going to cut it. I also think that I want really comfortable beds. I know you're a fan of the Westin as well. And the heavenly bed is something that I remember fondly of when I used to stay at Westin's. Yeah, I I do like the heavenly bed. I, the thing is, that was really important maybe the first year that I was traveling. But since then, I don't really have trouble falling asleep in any hotel bed as long as it's not like weirdly lumpy. And I've been lucky enough not to not to have 
that happen. It's When's so, the last time you slept in a weirdly lumpy hotel bed? Well, one time I got into town early for a wedding and didn't want to spend a ton of money or hadn't made it all the way. And so I stayed at a Motel 6 because I just kind of stopped randomly. And it wasn't so much that the Motel 6 bed was lumpy as much as it was just really thin. And it didn't have a box spring, so I could kind of feel the sp- – it was like sleeping in a um, a sofa bed, one of those hide-a-beds oh. that unfolds and you can kind of feel the springs poking into you. And the sheets were a little papery. It was like sleeping on hospital sheets. So that was – that was not a great experience. I still fell asleep. Yeah. And it was a safe location, and the guy didn't say where my room was, and it was twenty nine ninety nine. And that is a bargain. Definitely are not going to find that anywhere in a big city like New York. Yeah. I had a layover in Wellington, New Zealand, I think, on the way to – no, it was Auckland. It was on my way to Tahiti from Sydney, and – that room, I mean, it was tiny. It was the same thing. But the bed was actually really comfortable. The room was – I could stand with my arms out and spin and almost touch the walls. But I was only there for five hours total. I didn't take the soap from that one because it, it didn't – I didn't like the way it smelled. But it was safe. It got the job done. I really just wanted to be – I don't want to come home with bed bugs. That's that's my biggest thing. I just don't want to come home with bed bugs. Yeah, bed bugs really ruin your day. I mean, they ruin your week. They ruin your year. Bed bugs are really hard to get rid of once you get them. So you definitely don't want to come home with bed bugs. I've noticed that some hotels, and this is specifically in New York City, are getting smaller in terms of the rooms, where they're starting to create these microtels, which started in Japan, I believe. And they really are a bed and a desk, and you sort of edge around to be able to take a shower in the bathroom that's an alcove that's not that's actually part of the room. And I don't mind that for a night, as you said, but I actually do like a little bit more space and luxury if I'm going to be on a business trip and I'm going to have to prepare for meetings or I'm going to be in a place for any amount of time. I I think I just realized that I don't need a tremendous amount of space, but you also can't you can't count on the pictures from the hotel giving you an accurate understanding of what the room size is. So anyway, um, if you are traveling to hotels, um, just keep in mind what your priorities are. I think a, there's a lot of research now on the internet that'll give you a sense of how safe a hotel is. If that also is one of your concerns, I think as a woman traveling, it should be you never know when you're going to roll up to that ho- hotel at two o'clock in the morning. Better to be in a brightly lit, safe neighborhood than especially if it's a city that you're unfamiliar with. Well, as we travel, we come across a lot of products. So we want to share with you some of the things that we think are the best products out there. And before we talk about today's product, we want to address a question that we've gotten a lot from our listeners since last week. And that's why we prefer two wheels over spinners. Many of you were quite surprised by that. So here is my reason or my two reasons for preferring two wheels to spinners. The first is... I think spinners are difficult to control. They're four wheels. If you're on any sort of incline, it's just going to roll away. I've had many of them slam into my ankles and shins, and I don't like it. The other thing is you lose cubic inches in that space that the spinners create between the bottom of the suitcase when it's upright and the ground. And that's where I squeeze in my pajamas. 
I actually prefer two wheels, although I do have a spinner and I have used it quite frequently. I like the additional space. I think it's easier to maneuver on two wheels. I think it's easier to negotiate. I agree that that a spinner can get away from you, but there is a certain convenience when you have a spinner and you can just give it a shove and it'll keep going. And I definitely like to do that on inclines. And when I do, I I have yet to hit anyone with my spinner, but I, I recognize that it can happen. So that's why we prefer two wheels to spinners. Both the Briggs and Riley and the Travel Pro lines that we recommended last episode come in both spinners or two wheels, so you can pick your poison. Well, why don't we continue this conversation about luggage and more specifically the other carry-on or the personal item, which should always fit under the seat in front of you? Yeah, please don't put that thing in the overhead compartment unless you're sitting in the bulkhead anyway. I there, I have two products that I have grown to love. The first is the Low & Sons OG. I had this bag. I got this bag because a friend of mine and also podcast listener, Kira, in Los Angeles recommended this. It's a company that one of her classmates' mother, um, the classmate and his brother and the mother put together. The Low and Sons OG holds so much. And because of the way that they have built in the pockets, everything is easily located in a matter of seconds. But as the years have gone on, I have discovered that I probably need to carry less stuff. It's not good when you put your tote bag on the passenger seat of a rental car and the seatbelt light comes on for that for that particular seat. So I've switched to a backpack. It is from eBags, pretty reasonably priced. Doesn't make me look like I'm in high school or college and also has very clever pocketing built into it. So everything is very quickly located. I also, I think because you recommended it, you have both the OG and the OMG. One is bigger than the other. And the OG holds so much that I had to stop carrying it. I was getting lopsided carrying all of that weight. I recently started traveling with Amanda Lynn. And so that has become my primary personal item. It does not fit in the seat in front of me, however, which means that I have to put both of my items in the overhead bin. But it's an instrument. I think it's a different class of carry-on. And I like the Gator bags. And Gator makes bags for all of your instruments. It is a firm bag, although not a fully hard-sided case for an instrument. So it can take a lot of wear and tear, but I wouldn't check an instrument in that. If you are traveling with an instrument uh, that you need to check, you need to get a hard case. But the Gator is pretty great, this this travel bag for, for putting it in the overhead bin. So that's our recommendation. Low and Sons, if you're looking for a tote, either the OG or the OMG. I don't really care for the opening on the OMG. It's a little bit harder to get into the bag. Um, the Gator cases for your mandolin. And if you're looking for a backpack that doesn't make you look like a college student, check out eBags. So the last thing that we want to cover is actually some listener email Kristen from D.C. wrote into us. She is in customer service, and she was talking about the United situation versus the Southwest situation. And as someone in customer service, she it really hurts her soul to see some of the mistakes that airlines make. And she made some really good points about 
how much business has United sent to other airlines as a result of their poor customer service habits and especially their failure to deliver a real apology. So we love hearing from you. Please continue to send us email, to text us, to call us. We'd love to hear some of your voices we haven't heard in a long time. All right, that's our show. You can catch us back here every Monday. If you enjoyed the show, we have a small favor to ask. Please leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps spread the word about the show. And tell your friends about us, too. We'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. You can check out all of our articles and product reviews soon at crosscheckallcall.com. We want to hear from you, like I mentioned, so be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CCAC underscore podcast to stay up to date on all the news. And then also feel free to send us an email at crosscheckallcall at gmail.com. I'm Judith Williams. And I'm Catherine Che. Our theme was composed by DJ Crimson. Special thanks to Greg Francis for his sonic support. Our show is produced by the awesome Phil Circus. We'll see you next week.